Let's go ahead and pray and we'll work on, we'll start our message. Dear Lord, we just thank you so much for this morning and we just thank you so much for all you've done for us and Lord, we just pray that you'd be with us, that you would guide us and give me wisdom. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. As we go through our message today, we've been going through 1 Corinthians. And so for those of you who are guests, we always keep running into the same problem in 1 Corinthians. And that problem is we only have the answers. We never have the questions. We just, you know, I'd rather have the answer than the question, I suppose. But it is challenging at times when we only have the answers. And so let me give you an example how this could be annoying. If you had the answer... I am blue. I am blue. Well, if the question was, how are you feeling today? Well, okay. I'm feeling blue. I'm feeling a little bit down. If the question is, what color are you today? That answer means something completely different. And so as we were going through chapter 7, we were going through the this discussion, okay, how do we deal with you know, what's going on with divorce and remarriage. You know, maybe the questions they were asking aren't the questions we would ask today, and so we kind of dealt with that. I thought that personally was super interesting. Commercial, if you would like to listen to that sermon, you can subscribe to my podcast, the Sunnyside Baptist Church, all right? I thought that was really interesting. Today we have a question, and this question is, it has to deal with meat sacrifice to idols. So we don't really have this problem today. We don't have any temples or anything where people have like special sacrifices and then they have meat left over and then they sell it at the store. I mean, it's just not a thing. It's not a thing. We don't do it. So therefore, we are not sort of immersed in the culture and therefore the answers that Paul gives are not going to make as much sense to us because we don't live in Corinth back in the first century. So we're going to kind of deal with this. I'm going to talk about what I think was going on at that time and why Paul answers it in the way that he does and how this might affect us, and what principles we can gain. Because clearly Paul's answer is going to either be, don't eat the meat, or do eat the meat, and those answers specifically don't really relate to us. We have no meat to eat or not eat, right? But we are going to get some principles that I think are going to help us in our life. So we are in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. It says, now concerning food offered to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs up but love builds up. Now you notice there's quote marks. So the translator put some quote marks in there. And basically scholarships has decided that verses one through three has quotes in it. Probably quotes from the letter that the people wrote to Paul. So we've talked about before how 1 Corinthians is really 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians is really 4 Corinthians. So Paul had written a letter. They had written a letter back to him where we have all these questions that we don't know. And then Paul responds. And so when Paul responds, he probably quotes from some of the things they told him. The problem is we just can't quite figure out what are the quotes and what are not. So the ESV kind of makes their guess here, and I, and I can't really say they're wrong or right, but we see, Paul seems to be referring back to this old letter, and it says, we know that all of us possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. So he's saying, yes, we have knowledge, and knowledge is good. I don't think he's arguing that knowledge is bad necessarily. It seems like they referred to something they knew, and we'll talk about that as we go on and make more sense. But he's saying here, and this will be the theme throughout our verses, is knowledge, yes, but knowledge without love is not enough. And we'll see specifically why knowledge without love was not enough in this particular situation. We go to verse 2. If anyone imagines 
that he knows something he does not yet know as he ought to know. So he's saying, you think you know everything, you probably don't know as much as you think you know. Verse 3, but if anyone loves God, he is known by God. See, love being more important because when you love God, God knows you. It's less about knowing everything and more about loving. We go to verse 4. Therefore, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence and that there is no God but one. So, this is what we know. That the little idol that you make, you know, I could go and go into my uh, imaginary workshop, which I don't have, and I could, you know, carve up a, a little figurine and say, look, God, worship this thing, bow down, bring it in front of church. You would all sit there and go, this is silly. It's not a God. You just made a really bad representation of something that you're calling a God. We're not worshiping that thing. So we would know better. We know that's not a God. And what the people here, it seems like there was a group, a faction within Corinth, the Corinthian church, that knew these idols that were being worshipped in these temples. They weren't really gods. They were just, you know, stuff. As a matter of fact, it's really interesting. I'm not sure how much this happened in Corinth. I watched a, a long documentary sometime on ancient religions and the, this particular time period. And sometimes the, uh, the uh, priests or whatever of the temple had, like, magic tricks. I'm not even joking. They would do like magic tricks to fool the people into thinking that their God had done something. They would like rig up their doors in a certain way so the door would look like it was opening by itself and so on and so forth. And so they were trying to get people to think that these gods were real. And when we have knowledge, what do we know? These gods are not real. That's it. They don't mean anything. Verse 5, for although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, Yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom all, for whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. We know there's only one God. It's God the Father, the God in heaven. There's only one God. Verse 7. However, not all possess this knowledge. So he's saying, yes, this is right. You're right. You're right. These aren't anything. But not everyone seems to know this. And not everyone within the church knows this. But some, though former association with, through former association with idols, eat food as really offered to an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. So if you don't know, and you don't know better, when you go and you eat that meat, what do you think you're doing? In your mind, you're going, I am worshiping this God. I am saying this God has some sort of power. I'm saying this God is worthy of my worship. I'm saying this God is important. And so even though the little idol that was carved or whatever still is nothing, the fact that you give it honor will make you defile your conscience because you are worshiping something other than God. We can worship so many different things in our life, right? And they're all not wooden figurines that I can't make. We worship so many different things. And so if they would go and they would eat this meat and in their mind they're worshiping this idol, they would be doing something wrong. So it's so funny. Two people could both eat the meat and one person would be sinning and one person wouldn't. I knew a missionary and I, I didn't know the parents well. I really knew the, the, the kids. She was my age and we were talking about movie theaters. And she said, 
My parents let me go to movie theaters all growing up. No problem. I, I was allowed to go to movie theaters. But she said, my parents just could never go. They could never go. They would say, we know it's okay. Does it really matter whether you watch it in the theater? Does it really matter whether you watch it at home? I mean, it seems like the same place. I mean, up until recently, they didn't even sell alcohol at most theaters. So, you know, in some ways, it was a cleaner living than Applebee's. So, you know, they, they knew in their mind that it was all okay. But they, when they went, they said, we would feel so guilty because we grew up our whole life not being allowed to go to the movie theaters. We just would feel terrible. And so we, they, they never went, right? So maybe for one, it was just totally fine, and they knew. But for another, maybe not so much. So some, being weak, they're defiled. We go on to verse 8. Food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat and we do better off if we do. So, what good does it eat this meat? You know, what does it help? Well, it's just meat. Like, whatever. Right? Whatever. As a matter of fact, sometimes when you get in arguments over these issues, like, should we do this? Should we not do this? Should we do this? Should we not do this? It's like, what value does doing it? If the value is it's fun, then that's probably not a whole lot of value. If you're arguing that you should be doing this thing because it's fun, it's probably not worth it. We go to verse 9, but take care that is right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. So this is where he starts getting into saying, listen, you guys know, and you're right, but you're wrong. You're right, but you're wrong, because while you have the right knowledge, you do not have love. Verse 10, for if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, Back then, it seems like, you know, you know, places share walls. You guys ever been to a country where they share walls? So we're getting ready to go to China June 6th. And it just, everybody shares walls, right? Like, it's your house and then the next person's house. You know, like, the whole yards in between thing, that's just crazy to them. They just don't know how we have all these yards. They think we're wasting space like crazy out here. We're a really young country, so, you know, we started building things more spread out. And it's really great and nice and all that. But most people share walls. And actually... Then they may even add houses that shared walls with the temple. And so there's debate on what's going on here. Are they actually physically going into the temple? Or are they just going into the same complex where the temple is and eating at houses? Or, or we're not really sure. But if someone sees you eating in this place that they're going to associate with the temple, whether you're in the temple or whether you're in the temple complex or something, will be not, will be not, well, excuse me, will he not be in, encouraged? if his conscience is weak to eat food offered to idols. So he says, look, they're going to see you doing it. And then what are they going to do? They're going to do it. And so by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed. The brother for whom Christ died. So interesting. You can go do something that Paul is saying, it's okay. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. You can do it. But suddenly, if the certain person's watching you, what does he say? You've done a terrible thing by doing that. You've done a, you have destroyed your brother, your sister in Christ, because you have pushed them into something that's going to cause them to sin. And we think of our own selves, well, it's okay for me. It's okay for me. It's okay for me. I even heard one person say, I can't, I'm not sure if they were serious. I think they were about half serious. They were frustrated. They're having a debate. And they said, 
well, if this person's weak, I just need to, I'm going to do it anyway to try to make them strong. That's some other chapter in 1 Corinthians that we haven't gotten to, apparently, because I, I don't think that's what it says here, right? When we make decisions, we do not make decisions completely based on ourselves. And so often we think, well, if I just do what's right, it doesn't matter what other people around me. Now, sometimes we get this idea, if I just do what's right, the other people around me don't matter. There's some truth to that in the sense that, you know, we do what God wants no matter what. I'm not saying that phrase is just like total garbage. What I'm saying is when we think about doing right and wrong, the other people around us matter. The other people around us matter. And in this specifically, in this case, it matters in the sense that if a Christian brother sees you doing something wrong, and that's wrong in their mind anyway, and they do it, it will cause them to sin, and you've done something that was a mistake. I'd argue the same principle is true for like pastors. You say, well, you're, your pastor is supposed to be of a good reputation, right? So how do I have a good reputation? Guess what matters? What everyone else thinks. Like you can't have a good reputation without other people. So therefore saying it never matters what anyone else thinks at any time, that's not true. I'm not saying that's the controlling factor. It gets complicated. There's details. Life's never simple. But there's this times in which other people around us do help guide our conduct. We go to verse 12. Thus sinning against your brother and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. I'd like us to think about this this morning. When we make our daily life decisions, who do we think about? Let me tell you, I was single for kind of a long time. So, so was Bethany before we got married. And when you make your daily life decisions when you're single, like, am I going to make this bed? Am I going to do whatever? Hint, hint, I never make the bed, okay? So you're making these daily life decisions. How clean does the house need to be? Like, I have this particular threshold that's quite high on how clean the house needs to be, and hers is much more clean required, right? So for me, I can get, you know, okay, well, when the dishes start smelling really bad, and when I say smelling really bad, that means I can smell them, not her. I can smell them. Then it's time to probably put the dishes in the dishwasher. So when you're single, what do you do? You make all these decisions all about you, right? Like, okay, well, who cares? I'm going to have 30 dishes there, whatever. You know, I'm never going to make the bed. Well, I'm just going to sleep in it the next day. Why am I going to make this thing? You know, I mean, if you can stack more on the trash without it falling off, and even if you have to try a couple times, I mean, you know, you're still good. You still got room. You're still making it. This does not work so well when you're living with someone else, right? It was fine when I was by myself. And my, I mean, who cared? Like, no one's no one there. See, we often make our life decisions without thinking about anybody else. We often make our life decisions thinking about ourselves. And so sometimes the things that we do aren't wrong. The Bible didn't say, thou shalt not do that. But when we make our decisions only thinking of us and not thinking about others, sometimes the things that in other situations might be just fine, it's not a big deal to, to wash your dishes a few days later. But if you're doing it at the detriment of someone else, guess what? It's not so good then it becomes wrong. 
It's all about our heart. We sang, be the king of my heart. I think that song is so great. Because sometimes we think of a king as, well, the king tells us something to do, and then we do it. And as long as the king tells us what we do, we'll do it. But it's not that. It's not just, I have this sort of list, I've got these commandments, and you follow. It's, be the king of my heart. Because so many of the daily life situations you do, the Bible could never write a long enough list to cover them all. So what? We get principles. We get principles like these and this one. We need to have Christ as the king of our heart. So when we make these decisions, we think about others and not just how it affects us. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I just thank you so much for this morning. And I thank you as we just begin to talk about the meat sacrifice to idols. And of course, we talk about it later. But as we think about this principle of thinking about others, these decisions that are not right or wrong, Lord, I just pray we could go beyond that, that we could grow in our faith, grow in our life, that we would just do more than check the boxes, but that our hearts would be in the right place, that we would make decisions for others and not just us. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.